0: Hey, just turn around and wave at your neighbor. I know this is different. Just wave and say, hey, how you doing? Everybody okay? All right. Someone just said they loved your shirt. It looked real cute. So, yeah, it's good to see everybody. Everybody doing okay? Are we making it? Are you making it? Are we going to make it? I think we are. I think we are. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's good to see everybody here today, and I'm so glad that you came to join us for, for worship. Those of you that are joining us online, thank you for uh, for joining us online. Um, how many of you know that when you read through the Word of God, there's always something new that you learn? Have you, have you ever noticed that just reading through the Word of God, you'll find some new nugget, some new thing that you'll, that you'll find that'll just encourage you, or something that you'll study that you didn't know before? Uh, I've been reading in my personal study through the book of Acts, and we're going to be going through the book of Acts for the next several months. And uh, I I just felt like, as as I was reading in my own personal time, we just need to hear how God empowered the church, that first church. Two thousand years ago, and how God moved through people, people that weren 't perfect, people that had issues, people that had problems, and how God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, did great and mighty things, even with resistance, you would never think in your wildest imaginations how did the church make it with the persecution and the things that they were against, yet God, through his power, worked through people to establish the work of God, the message of Jesus Christ went out, and you and I sitting here today are products of what happened 2,000 years ago. Isn't that exciting? Can we just thank the Lord for that? I mean, that is amazing how the church survived. It's because God is behind it. And if we need to hear that message, we need to hear that message today. And so I want us to look at that. and And I, you know, I just appreciate the word of God so much that encourages us, that instructs us, that corrects us, but also shows us that, listen, God takes imperfect people and uses them for his purposes and his glory. And I believe as we go through the book of Acts, we'll get back to our calling as a church, that no matter what season we're going through, no matter what season you're going through personally, that God has a calling on your life and he wants to use you in that season. To, to exclaim and to just proclaim the wonderful message of Christ and, di- and to give us a fresh purpose. So what I'm praying for as we go through the book of Acts, that God would just give us a fresh perspective and a fresh purpose and that we would see things in a different light again, that God would light uh, that, that passion in our hearts again to serve Him. How do you know that God did not call us to be Christians? He called us to be disciples, to be empowered by His Word and His Holy Spirit, to pronounce the gospel of jesus christ so he calls us to discipleship not just to go to church you know once a week or just read our bibles all those things are fine but he's called us to his side and to work for him no matter where you are in your life god has has called you to do great things for him and to give you a purpose so we're going to look through the book of acts and and i what i want to look at today is i want to give you just a foundation today on the book of Acts, why it was written, who is it written by, just to give us a foundation. So if you've got your Bibles or your phones, we can look up at the screens. We're going to be first looking at just Acts chapter one. We're going to be looking at the first first, first eight verses of this book. And what I appreciate about the book of Acts, um, the author was Luke. The author gives us what the church had to endure to survive. It gives us the good, the bad, the ugly, it, it doesn't whitewash, it doesn't sanitize the struggles that the early church went through. But I want you to know that God still works powerfully through the brokenness of people and the problematic relationships they'd encountered. How many you know that the church had issues in the first century and the church has issues today? You know the reason why? It is because of people. People have issues. Look at your neighbor and say, you got issues. Don't you got issues? We We all got issues, don't we? We don't want to admit it, but we all got our issues. And if it wasn't for people, the church would be a great place. But because there's people, you're going to have problems and you're going to have issues. And it was no different for the first century church. Yet God still worked through the problematic relationships and did great things. So I want you to know that God worked powerfully through broken people, through persecution, the church still survived and not only did it survive but it thrived and that's the message i believe we need to hear today so the book of acts gives us really will give us hope for today that god still works through fragile people and still empowers us through the presence of his holy spirit so let's read that today if you're you can look up at the screens or if you're looking at your bible or, or bible on your phone let's look at uh, verses 1 through 8 acts chapter 1 once again Luke is the author, same author as the Gospel of Luke, and he writes to a person named Theophilus, and we're going to look at that in just a moment, who this person Theophilus was. That's a great name for a kid, by the way, Theophilus. If you're looking for a good name, Theophilus is a good name. So let's look at this. It says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke to them on the kingdom of God. On one occasion, he was eating with them and gave them this command, "'Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father's promise, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit.'" Then he gathered around, Then they gathered around him and they asked, Lord, um, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Amen to God's word. Amen to God's word. I want you to notice two things right off the bat here. What Jesus is doing is he's preparing his disciples for what it will look like when he leaves. And there's two occasions here right off the bat in these first eight verses where they begin to ask Jesus about end times or what will it be like. And what I want you to know is both times Jesus turns that conversation around from end times to evangelism. Jesus says, Listen, don't worry. God's got the future under control. And listen, it's not wrong to study prophecy or end times prophecy. I know many people get into that. That's okay. There's many different theories on what's going to happen in the end. And and many well-known Bible scholars have many different, you know, theories and ideas on what's going to happen at the end of times. But we do know one thing, that Jesus is going to return. And we do know that. But I want you to notice what Jesus says. Don't get lost in the future events he turns it back around and say you've got a mission right now and we have a mission right now as a church and it's easy for us to get distracted in our world today to lose focus on what god has called us to do as a church and individually and what jesus says is this your mission is this world right here right now to proclaim that message In the power of the Holy Spirit, so I believe what what Jesus is telling his disciples is what Jesus is telling the church today is let's not lose our focus on what we're called to do, and that's to bring the glorious message of Christ to the world. So let me give you some background here on the Book of Acts. It's written by Luke, same author as the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Luke was a physician a well-learned man, and and I love this about Luke. He's a physician, but then he points people to the great physician, Jesus Christ. We know Luke uh, was a close associate of the Apostle Paul. He traveled with Paul on many of his missionary journeys. We know that Luke was knowledgeable because his Greek was impeccable. Just a great researcher, historian, uh, well-versed uh, in Greek and just the way he wrote. It was just incredible. So he's a very, very intelligent, very smart person. And what's interesting about the book of Luke and Acts is who it's addressed to. And so it's addressed to this person, Theophilus, as we, as we read uh, in, in the first chapter of Acts. Both Luke and Theophilus were Gentiles and became followers of Jesus. So Luke, at the beginning of his go- gospel, addresses Theophilus as most excellent. Both the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts are addressed to this person, Theophilus. And most likely, Theophilus is just a wealthy, educated part of the Roman government. In fact, the name Theophilus or Theo means lover of God. Bible scholar Leon uh, Morris believes that Theophilus likely helped fund the writing of both the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts. So Luke wanted Theophilus to know with certainty that he what he was taught was true. And so Luke does this wonderful research, and we have this wonderful historical book in the book of Acts of what happened in the early church and how the church got started. So Luke calls him most excellent theophilus. That is an official title, a state title. And at the end of the book of Acts, the title most excellent is used three times to speak of a Roman governor or a political leader. So most likely Theophilus paid for the cost. What a, what a great man to pay for the cost for the writing of these two books. And this freed Luke up to complete um, and concentrate on the writing of his gospel in both and the gospel of Luke and Acts. Um, uh, Ambrose was a early 4th uh, century church father and this is what he said about Theophilus. He says, so the gospel was written to Theophilus, that is to him, Whom God loves, and if you love God, it's also written to you. So we can gain what God, um, what Luke wrote to the early church and what he wrote about the early church, we can gain and understand what God's purpose and plan is for us here today. So Luke dedicates his writing to Theophilus, and what he started in Luke, he continues in Acts. So Luke in his gospel shares who Jesus is, and then he shares his investigation of the person of Jesus Christ. And he basically says to Theophilus, Jesus is who he says he is. And so Luke, in writing, he's saying to Theophilus, here's what happened, Theophilus. It's absolutely amazing, and you can trust everything that you learned about Jesus. So what Luke does is he gives us an historical facts of what happened in the early church. So basically, when you look at the book of Acts, it's the acts of the apostles through the power of the Holy Spirit and what they did. So what I would tell you if you want to stay up with the sermons each week, um, we're going to go through Acts chapter 2 next week and read Acts chapter 2 next week and you'll be ahead of the curve and you can correct me on all the things that I'll probably say wrong next week. You can say, wait a minute, Pastor, that's not right. Uh, but, but I want you to study the word of God yourself so you can start reading through the book of Acts yourself and you can be uh, caught up with us each and every week. So I want you to see these first eight verses. It really reads just like a letter, um, a letter dedicated to the generous servant Theophilus. So obviously Luke is very thankful for Theophilus and all that he has done. So I want you to notice a couple things here right off the bat. Right off the bat, Luke tells Theophilus that he wrote about all things Jesus did and taught until he was taken up to heaven in his first book, which is the Gospel of Luke. So the two, the two basically coordinate with each other. So what he left off in Luke, he begins to start off again. In the book of Acts, and here's what happened after Jesus left this earth. So Jesus shows himself to the apostles for 40 days after his resurrection and before his ascension. So the beginning of Acts corresponds with the end of Luke's gospel. So what Luke does is he shares Jesus' commands to the apostles to wait and stay in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit that was prophesied about in Old Testament Scripture, specifically in the book of Joel. We'll jump into that next week. So he's saying, listen, wait. He instructs them for 40 days after his resurrection, before his ascension. But then he gives them these specific instructions. He said, wait in Jerusalem till you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, then go out and take my message to the world. And so we're going to look at how important that was in Acts chapter 2 next week. And so the beginning of Acts corresponds with the end of Luke's gospel. And so Luke describes for us the acts of the disciples through the power of the Holy Spirit. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, the church would be established. The church cannot be the church without the Holy Spirit. Now, we can, can I get an amen? Somebody, you, 10 o'clock people, give me an amen. Now, we can do church and we can do religion, but it's not going to be with the power. And Christ said, you need that power of the Holy Spirit to be empowered to spread my message. And that's why the church grew the way it did. In the book of Luke, it will show us how the church was to fulfill the promise of God that this is our promise today to fulfill God's plan. So the book of Acts shows us how the church started in Jerusalem and how it grew exponentially. Now let me give you what's occurring at the beginning of Acts. Jesus is with his disciples, they're being taught by Jesus, and he's reiterating to them everything that he taught them. He's giving them kind of a refresher course. Now, um, let me give you an Italian um, uh, term here called stunat. So if you're Italian, you know what stunat means. It means you're not all there, you're not comprehending. So the disciples, even though they walked with Jesus, they, they weren't comprehending at all. And so Jesus is reiterating to them, all that he taught them. And what the scriptures tell us is that God's going to actually open up their minds so they actually like get it. They have that aha moment. Do you remember when you had that, kind of that aha moment where it just kind of made sense to you? And you're like, man, now I get it. Now I understand why Jesus came and what he did for me. And so he's giving them this aha moment, explaining to them, reiterating to them everything he already taught them. Kind of a refresher course. Have you ever gone through something and then not really appreciated it until later. I, I mean, there, there are things that older you you, you get and, and you grow in your life, you look back over your life and you're like, man, I wish I would have appreciated that more when I was younger, right? And have you ever thought about it? Like I was thinking in college, when I started college, I was pretty young. I was a, a new Christian. And I think of the courses and I look at my old notebooks and I'm like, man, it would almost be nice to go back and, and to do that all over again because I think I would appreciate it even more with just living life, I think about that with my grandparents. Most of my grandparents died when I was in my twenties, early thirties. And as you get older and you learn more about the world and about the different wars, you're like, man, I would have loved to just pick my grandparents' brain more about these things. My one grandfather, my grandfather Grace and grandmother Grace, they lived through, you know, World War I. They lived through the Great Depression. They lived through World War II. They lived through Vietnam. I mean, just a plethora of knowledge. My grandfather, Drace's his parents came over from Sicily and just wanted to know more about that. And, and just sitting down and getting their version of it, my grandfather, Chapman, went through World War II. He served in World War II in the Army. And you're just like, man, I would love to... You know, pick his brain where now that I've watched some more movies, did some more reading, you know, what was your experience like? You, you, the older you get, you learn to kind of appreciate things a, a little bit more. And This is what Jesus is trying to do with the disciples. They're going to begin to appreciate all the things that Jesus has began to taught them and instill in them the short time he was with them on earth. So as Jesus continues to instruct them after his resurrections, things are starting to click for the disciples and their purpose on earth and so the question for the disciples is this what do we do now what do we do now and so jesus gives them the answer before jesus ascension luke tells us that he opens their minds to the scriptures and his purpose for coming and he tells them their purpose listen listen there is one thing that we can do that all of us can fall into is fall into this trap of losing our perspective and our purpose and what our calling is as disciples of Jesus. It's easy to get caught into the Christian things and doing things over and over again and we kind of can get caught into a rut sometimes and we can tend to forget, why am I here and, 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 and what is my purpose as a believer? Is it just to be a good Christian? Is that is that my goal? I want you to know, that Jesus wants you to grow in your discipleship and your obedience to him every single day. And that can be an exciting thing when God continues to light that fire in your heart to serve him. But how many you know we got to work at that? Because how many you know if we sit back and we don't strive after Christ, we can lose that passion and that ambition to want to serve him. And so that's why I want us to go through the book of Acts. I, I want God to light a fire within each and every one of our hearts to know that God has a purpose and has a desire for you to serve him each and every day and to look at our world, not as just looking at our world, look at all the problems, look at everything we're going through, but as an opportunity to serve our world and to share with our world the message of Jesus Christ. How many you know that our world needs the, the answer of Christ? Amen? Can I get an amen? 10 o'clock crowd. All right, there you go. See, what, this, and this should give us a passion to say, hey, this is what God's desire is in my life. And then out of that grows this sense of of, of longing and yearning to want to serve the Lord. So listen listen to what Jesus says in Luke uh, 24, verses 45 through 49. He said, then he opened their minds that they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and raised from the dead, and on the third day in repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things, and I'm going to send you what my what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. And there's our connection to the early church, and it's the Holy Spirit. The early church, Jesus says, you wait, you wait till you've been clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit, and then you will be my witnesses in this world. And that's our connection to the early church is the Holy Spirit. Listen to, listen to what Matthew records for us in his gospel. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, once again, sharing Jesus' words here about what their purpose is and what our purpose here is on earth. He says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make what? Right, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's why we as a church support missions. That is why we want people to come to Christ because we believe the only answer for this hurting world is Jesus. So for for us as a body of Christ, we want to encourage you not only to go on missions trips or to give to missions, but to pray for our missionaries and and realize that your next-door neighbor is your mission field. The person that you work with is your mission field. Your, your, uh, Your relatives and your family members are your mission field. There are people that you can reach that I can't reach. And just always remember that there is always somebody around you that needs to hear that message of Christ. They're looking at your life and and how are our lives exemplifying who Christ is and why he came. And so there's opportunities always around us all the time. And I believe, listen, when you pray specifically, God answers specifically. How many times have you prayed for something like, God opened a door, and then all of a sudden that door opens, and you're like, man, I prayed about this, and God actually did it. Yeah, duh, that's what he does. So pray specifically, God, open the door to speak to my neighbor or my family members. God, use me in that way so that I can share what Christ has done in in my heart. And so we believe the only answer for this hurting world is Jesus. That's why we baptize people. It's a symbolic act of a life that's been changed by Christ. It's an outward act of what has changed within us. And we have died with Christ and we're raised with him, cleansed and forgiven and healed. That's why we baptize people, because Jesus commanded it. He just didn't tell us if you want to do it, then then do it. No, he commanded us to go into all the world and share the gospel. And so we are all part of that as a church and we can never lose that focus or our calling. So the disciples hear Jesus's words and now they know their purpose and their purpose is to carry that message into this world. And listen, we need to understand the reason why we need to carry the message of Christ into this world is because we are lost. And it's because of sin that we're lost. It's because of sin that we're separated from God. And that's why Jesus came. Not just He didn't come to the world just to make us a better person. He came into this world because we needed him, because we we're lost and separated from a holy God because of our sin. And so that's how powerful this message is. And then Jesus says, listen, I'm not going to allow you to go into this world without being equipped. So not only will I give you the message, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit to give you the power to do it and to give you giftings to build up the body of Christ and to give you power to share that message. I just want you to think about it for a moment. The message of Christ is still as powerful today as it was in the first century church. And I don't want you to look back and look at this. Well, that was then and that was the apostles and that was disciples and they were much more powerful than us here today. Absolutely not. The same Holy Spirit that filled them can fill you and I today and give us that power to spread the wonderful message of Jesus Christ. So they're faithful to carry that message. And because of that, um, you and I are here today. You know, the reason why you're here today is somebody was faithful to carry the message of Christ to you. I want you to think for just a moment that person that shared that message of Christ with you. Maybe it was a parent that brought you to church. Maybe it was a coworker, Maybe it was a relative. Maybe it was a neighbor. But there was somebody that had the boldness to say to you, hey, let me tell you about what Jesus did in my life. Or hey, why don't you come to church with me? Or hey, let me tell you what the difference is. And you began to look at this crazy person and thought, this person is crazy. This person is a Jesus lover. I don't know about this, right? And the more you checked it out, you saw their life and you saw the difference in their life. Um, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to work in your heart and your life to where you receive the message of Christ yourself. So we're all a product of somebody sharing that message of Jesus Christ. And so that's, the, that's what their purpose is uh, to, to carry this message in, into the world. So they were faithful to do that. So Luke tells the disciples, this is what it's going to look like, and this is what I want you to do, and I want you to wait. Now, here's what Jesus does. Um, He begins to tell them exactly what he wants them to do. And so in Luke chapter 24, we see once again at the end of Luke's gospel, these specific instructions to the disciples, to the apostles, on what they 're to do, and let me, let me read that to you in luke twenty four verses fifty through fifty three it says and when he heard them out in the, and when he led them, he led them out into the vicinity of Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them, and while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. This is amazing. Here he takes them out to the region of Bethany. He blesses them. We don't know how long he was speaking to them, but he was praying over them. He was encouraging them. And all of a sudden, Jesus is just taken up into heaven. Wouldn't that be cool to be there? And all of a sudden, he's just taken up into heaven. But what happened to the disciples at that time is they were filled with great joy, and they did exactly what Jesus told them to do. They went back to Jerusalem, and they waited for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so what Jesus does is he blesses them and with his blessing comes great joy. The reason why they had great joy is they understood what their purpose is. I think the reason why we get maybe just callous in our walk with God or bored in our walk with God is because we lose our way. We lose what our purpose is. And it happens to all of us. And I was so reminded of that this week. I had a young gentleman young 20-year-old, come to my, my office so he can just want to share with me and share what Jesus was doing in his heart. And it just encouraged me so much. And this young man comes in, he says, Pastor, I want you to know I've been sober for three months now. And I've given my heart to Jesus. And can you help me? I, want to, I have a hunger for God's word. Where, where should I start reading the Bible? What should I start doing? And he just has such a hunger. I was almost jealous. I was like, wow put your hands on me and pray over me. I want to get that, that fire again like you have that fire, right? Do you remember those days? And all of a sudden we get older in our Christian walk and we get crusty, right? We, get, we just get stale sometimes. And I love talking to this young man who's just in love with Jesus and there's a fire in his belly. And those early disciples, when they left Jesus and Jesus blessed them, they had a fire in their heart and they had a joy because of the calling. Listen, this world is going to suck the joy out of us really quickly, isn't it? With everything going on, you watch the news for 10 minutes and I tried, I did, I tried. The other day I watched the first 10 minutes. I was so depressed after the first 10 minutes. I'm like... Man, this isn't good. So I had to reread my message again just so I could get the joy back in my heart again. I had to preach it all over to me again. Listen, it's so easy to lose our way. But what a joyous thing to know that we have Jesus' blessings on our life. Are you blessed today? And I'm not, I'm not talking about hashtag blessed that you put on your Instagram post or your Facebook. I'm not, listen. Yeah, we can be blessed when we feel like our kids are doing well, or our health is good, or we got a raise. You know, that's great. We can say, oh, "I'm blessed." Hashtag blessed. It has got a raise. Goody goody for you. All right. Hashtag blessed. That's fine. But listen, listen, listen to me. What does it truly mean to be blessed? See, these early disciples were truly blessed because they had the blessing of God. Don't, don't, don't think for a minute that Jesus didn't tell them that it was going to be difficult. Jesus even told us, listen, in this world, you're going to have trials and tribulations, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And I, want you to give you, I want to give you my peace. When he was blessing them, I'm sure he told them, listen, it's not going to be easy. You're going to be persecuted for me. But I want you to know that I will walk with you all the way. That I will never leave you or forsake you. That my spirit will be with you to encourage you every step of the way. There are going to be those that are going to try to discourage you. There are going to be those that are going to try to persecute you. They're going to persecute you in my name, but I am with you and I will not leave you. It does not matter what happens in this world. Christ will always be with us to the very end of the age. And that's why I believe they were blessed. Um, I was reading an article from a woman who wrote a book called Scars That Shape Me. Her name is Vanitha Risner, and this is what she said. She goes, my trials grounded my faith in ways that prosperity and abundance never could. And I think we need to understand that even through the trials and the hardships that we go to, we are still blessed. And let me tell you what, I want want Jesus' blessings on my life. I want to know that I'm serving him, that I'm doing what he's called us to do, and that's what puts the fire in your belly. When you know that you're serving him and there's a purpose behind why you're doing it and you're being obedient to his call, it puts a joy. And that's what happened to these early disciples. There was a joy. And what we're going to see next week is that the disciples needed the power of the Holy Spirit to live in their lives just like we need. The hope... That is that, that we will gain through our study in the book of Acts, I'm praying will give you a new sense of purpose for your calling in Christ Jesus. And that's what I want to do for you today as we just close. I want to pray for you because some of you may just be discouraged today. Maybe you've been serving Christ for a long time. And maybe you just say, Pastor, I have to admit, my uh, it, I'm down to a pilot light right now. It's just a little pilot light, right? And, and I, I need Christ... To light the fire in my heart again. Um, People are just irritating me now where they, I used to witness them, but now they just irritate me, right? And listen, that happens to all of us. And I believe as we study the book of Acts, what I'm praying for is that it will continue to light a fire in our heart and to give us a new sense of purpose as a church. Um, We've got a great opportunity that I'm so excited about at the end of August to serve our community. I was like, I was praying, I said, God, how can we serve our community when we're like isolated and you can't, you know, socially distance and how can we serve our community? And um, so what's going to happen at the end of August, Convoy of Hope is coming to our church. Uh, We work with Convoy of Hope. It's a disaster relief agency. They work all over the world. They work in the United States just serving people. Um, And we're going to be able to do five Hundred bags of groceries to our community at the end of August. I'm excited about that serving our community. Here's an opportunity to tell our community, we love you. We we want to serve you. So here's the thing. We need you to help pack those five hundred bags of groceries, okay? So we'll be giving you information on that and, and help deliver them as people come into our church. But here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Would you start praying with me? Would you start praying? that God, you would use this, that you would give me a love for our community in different ways that, that we can reach out to you. This is one way that we can reach our community. But would you start praying, God, light the fire in my heart. God, who can I start praying for? Just start with three people and pray for them every single day i don't care if it's a neighbor if it's a family member but just have three people don't make it a list of 900 people okay just three people and for the next month just start praying for them every single day because here's what prayer is going to do it's going to melt your heart it's going to allow you to get the heart of god and it's going to allow you to see through the eyes of christ how much he cares for people and here's what i want you to do i want you to pray for the most irritating person that is in your life the person that drives you crazy the person that likes to argue with you at every family function don't pray for the nice neighbor right don't pray for that person you pray not that you shouldn't pray for them you should pray for them but pray for the person that's the hardest one on your list because i want god to break your heart right I want us to see through the eyes of God. And so I want you to make that list of the three hardest people in your life and you begin to pray for them for a month and watch what God does in your heart and life. Amen? So I'm excited. Would you read through the book of Acts with me? Next week, we're going to be in Acts chapter two. And let me pray for you. How many of you would say, Pastor, I want Jesus's blessings on my life. I want to see with his eyes. I want to see, I want to see people the way he sees people. And I need the Holy Spirit in my life to give me the power to do that. Amen? Would you pray with me today? Would you stand with me? And would we, can we pray that together and ask God just to, just to mold our hearts today? Praise God. Father God, we just come before you today and Jesus, I thank you for how you worked with the early disciples. They were not perfect. They, were, they had a lot of mistakes that they made in their lives. But Jesus, you worked with them. You love them. You gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower them. And I pray for us here today that we wouldn't allow what we're faced with in our world today to distract us from our calling. Lord, we pray for those people that are just coming to our mind right now that just need you. And I pray, Lord, that that God, you would give us your heart for this community. I pray for the Convoy of Hope outreach that will be happening at the end of August. God, you would use it greatly just to reach our community. I know it's simply through groceries, but it's another way we can serve and love our community. With your love, just open up those doors to show our community how much we care and and love them, Lord. And we thank you for what Convoy is doing around the country and around the world. So, Lord, start with us right here, right now. Change us. And if a fire needs to be lit in our hearts, then light it, Jesus. Change us today and give us your heart for this world that we would never lose the calling that you've placed on each and every one of us we thank you we love you and we ask these things in Jesus mighty name in Jesus mighty name and everybody said amen can we thank the Lord this morning for his word amen 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 God bless you guys enjoy this beautiful day and uh, make sure you keep updated on our email we'll let you know whether it'll be outside or inside next week uh, next Friday so keep up on our emails love you guys have a great day